chapter seven of explanation of catholic morals this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. explanation of catholic morals by john h stapleton how to count sins the number of sins a person may commit is well nigh incalculable which is only one way of saying that the malice of man has invented innumerable means of offending the almighty a compliment to our ingenuity and the refinement of our natural perversity it is not always pleasant to know and few people try very hard to learn of what kind and how many are their daily offences this knowledge reveals too nakedly our wickedness which we prefer to ignore catholics however who believe in the necessity of confession of sins take a different view of the matter the requirements of a good confession are such as can be met only by those who know in what things they have sinned and how often there are many different kinds of sin it is possible by a single act to commit more than one sin and a given sin may be repeated any number of times to get the exact number of our misdeeds we must begin by counting as many sins at least as there are kinds of sin we might say there is an offence for every time a commandment or precept is violated for sin is a transgression of the law but this would be insufficient inasmuch as the law may command or forbid more than one thing let the first commandment serve as an example it is broken by sins against faith or unbelief against hope or despair against charity against religion etc all these offences are specifically different that is are different kinds of sin yet but one precept is transgressed since therefore each commandment prescribes the practice of certain virtues the first rule is that there is a sin for every virtue violated but this is far from exhausting our capacity for evil our virtue may impose different obligations so that against it alone we may offend in many different ways among the virtues prescribed by the first commandment is that of religion which concerns the exterior homage due to god i may worship false gods thus offending against the virtue of religion and commit a sin of idolatry if i offer false homage to the true god i also violate the virtue of religion but commit a sin specifically different a sin of superstition thus these different offences are against but one of several virtues enjoined by one commandment the virtue of charity is also prolific of obligations the virtue of chastity even more so one act against the latter may contain a fourfold malice it would be out of place here to adduce more examples a detailed treatment of the virtues and commandments will make things clearer for the moment it is necessary and sufficient to know that a commandment may prescribe many virtues a virtue may impose many obligations and there is a specifically different sin for each obligation violated but we can go much farther than this in wrongdoing and must count one sin every time the act is committed yes but how are we to know when there is one act or more than one act an act may be of long or short duration how many sins do i commit if the act lasts say two hours and how can i tell where one act ends and the other begins 
in an action which endures an hour or two hours there may be one and there may be a dozen acts when the matter a sinner is working on is a certain specified evil the extent to which he prevaricates numerically depends upon the action of the will a fellow who enters upon the task of slaying his neighbor can kill but once in fact but he can commit the sin of murder in his soul once or a dozen times it depends on the will sin is a deliberate transgression that is first of all an act of the will if he resolves once to kill and never retracts till the deed of blood is done he sins but once if he disavows his resolution and afterwards resolves anew he repeats the sin of murder in his soul as often as he goes through this process of will action this sincere retraction of a deed is called moral interruption and it has the mysterious power of multiplying sins not every interruption is a moral one to put the matter aside for a certain while in the hope of a better opportunity for the procuring of necessary facilities or for any other reason with the unshaken purpose of pursuing the course entered upon is to suspend action but this action is wholly exterior and does not affect the will the act of the will perseveres never loses its force so there is no moral but only a physical interruption there is no renewal of consent for it has never been withdrawn the one moral act goes on and but one sin is committed thus of two wretches on the same errand of crime one may sin but once while the other is guilty of the same sin a number of times but the several sins last no longer than the one which is the more guilty that is a question for god to decide he does the judging we do the counting this possible multiplication of sin where a single act is apparent emphasizes the fact that evil and good proceed from the will it is by the will primarily and essentially that we serve or offend god and absolutely speaking no exterior deed is necessary for the accomplishment of this end the exterior deed of sin always supposes a natural preparation of sin thought desires resolution which precede or accompany the deed and without which there would be no sin it is sinful only inasmuch as it is related to the will and is the fruit thereof the interior act constitutes the sin in its being the exterior act constitutes it in its completeness all of which leads up to the conclusion of a nature perhaps to surprise some that to resolve to sin and to commit the sin indeed are not two different sins but one complete sin in all the fullness of its malice true the exterior act may give rise to scandal and from it may devolve among us obligations of justice the reparation of injury done true with the exterior compliment the sin may be more grievous but there cannot be several sins if there be one single uninterrupted act of the will an evil thing is proposed to your mind you enjoy the thought of doing it knowing it to be wrong you desire to do it and resolve to do it you take the natural means of doing it you succeed and consummate the evil a long drawn out and well prepared deed tis true but only one sin the injustices the scandal the sins you might commit incidentally which do not pertain naturally to the deed 
all these are another matter and are other kinds of sins but the act itself stands alone complete and one but these interior acts of sin whether or not they have reference to external completion must be sinful the first stage is the suggestion of the imagination or simple seeing of the evil in the mind which is not sinful the next is the moving of the sensibility or the purely animal pleasure experienced in which there is no evil either for we have no sure mastery over these faculties from the imagination and sensibility the temptation passes before the will for consent if consent is denied there is no deadly malice or guilt no matter how long the previous effects may have been endured no thought is a sin unless it be fully consented to end of chapter seven